Today is November 28th. If someone told you Carlos Santana was coming to PNC Park this year, you may have thought, oh great, another ad campaign for a PNC Park concert series. Not that one, the baseball player. Bridge to Bucktober, let's go. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, how we doing? Doing all right. We are, we're through Thanksgiving and now it's all the, the days before Christmas, I guess. That's a very uh, deep thought there, man. Oh, this is, where are you at with this? Are you, is this like an exciting time of the year for you? Or are you looking Usually, forward to yeah. all this stuff? Is this like one of those, here we go, we got to listen to Christmas music everywhere we go? No, I mean, usually I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this time of year. Uh, I, I'm one of those people that it's not Christmas time till Thanksgiving's over, though. Oh, 100%. Like, like when I start hearing them Christmas songs before Thanksgiving, I'm like, bro. Back off. Too early. Too early. Because the thing yeah. is, is if you do that, I mean, I'm already about done by Christmas. Yeah. You started earlier than that. We're going to get to Christmas and be like, listen, I, I don't even have time for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've yeah. already crushed my Christmas spirit. Yeah. It was it was odd for me this year, though. You know, first time being away from home. That was it was it was weird. I get it. Uh, yeah, we get through it. We get through it. Okay. So anyway, looking forward to it, I guess. Um, it's a little bit different for me when, uh, I've always kind of been like, yeah, whatever, but I don't know. You got, you know, three kids now the heck, but anyway, one of them is not going to care one bit. Right. Right. Not even, not even remotely a little (laughs) bit. Um, but the other two are probably going to be pretty excited. That makes it kind of fun. You know, oh, I'm sure you yeah. don't have to worry about like, what is this for me anymore? You know, mm-hmm. you could just say like, oh, what is it for them? So that kind of makes it fun. Um, but you guys get into it, though. Yeah. A little more yeah, than what I do. a little more than what I in the past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you guys are able to do that. I just have a hard time with it. We don't I don't I don't like I don't like getting things. That's kind of my thing. Like, I don't I, I don't know why. I'm just weird about it, right? I just don't like it. I don't. It, it's it's an uncomfortable feeling for me. Like somebody tells me "good job" and I'm like, "That thanks." Please don't say anything more than that, because I've already said thanks. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why I'm like weird about stuff like that. But anyway, all the things that come along with Thanksgiving. So I don't know. I'm, we've we've talked about it. I don't, I'm not doing Thanksgiving right now. This is my second, technically third straight year without Thanksgiving because actual covid year we didn't actually do it Mm -hmm. um like we didn't travel for it and so i i I think yeah that sounds right because we had we had covid like right either the week of or like the week after so yeah we did not do we didn't do thanksgiving and then the last two years you know i've been dealing with with my deal so just not doing it um but this was your first year 
doing Thanksgiving mm-hmm. without like being at mom's. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was odd. It was definitely odd. Um, one of Ashley's really good friends, her mom actually invited us over for dinner and everything. So we got, we did have a Thanksgiving meal. We did you know, spend some time with friends and, you know, they they consider family, you know, all that good stuff. But, you know, it was just not mom's house. You know what I mean? Not even her grandmother's house. Like that's, that's what we did. We went to mom's in the you know, early day and then went down to her family's house later in the day. And it, just, it was just weird not having to travel back and forth between a couple of different places. And now this yeah. is like the, was, is the food different? Was this a pretty traditional what you, what you're, you know what I mean? Okay. So for me, <laughs> Thanksgiving's not a big, big meal day for me. Okay. I eat turkey, mashed potatoes, corn, and if lima beans are there, I'll eat lima beans. That's it. That's lima, all I lima, ever eat. Why would you call out lima beans? Oh, dude, I love lima beans. Yeah, but is that like a, I've never heard of anybody saying that. Well, some people have it and some people okay, don't. Okay. 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 Like, I don't, we usually didn't have lima beans. We didn't have lima beans every year at mom's. Uh, ever? I don't ever uh, remember that. Yeah, I don't I don't think we ever had lima beans there. No, I don't I no. But you know, down at, at her her family's house, they always had lima beans. And I was like looking forward to going there because they had lima beans, which is the only thing that set it off different. I got you. I got you. So like not that, you know, it was anything about the foods. It was just that one different thing that I was going to eat. Okay. Extra. So obviously so, for me, it's, it's the homemade have, noodles. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I don't really get into the, to the noodles. Yeah. Okay. I just wondered if it was different from being like, you know, up in our area up here. It, it is a little bit different. The, what was that? There was some kind of dressing or something that they did and they did Spanish rice. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was odd. <laughs> I wish I could remember what that other one was. There was something else that they had that I was like, is that Thanksgiving food? <laughs> uh, but, you know, and it, I mean, it was some type of stuffing or dressing or something. I don't know. I got you. All right. Something I didn't need anyway. Something you didn't need anyway. Fast forward a little bit past the mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving. There's another big thing that happens on Thanksgiving weekend for you and for a lot of people in the state of Ohio and, and the state of Michigan. Um, and really, if you're a college football fan, two 11-0 teams heading up to really paint the biggest picture of the college football playoff mm-hmm. um, was Ohio State-Michigan. Yeah. That was miserable. It was. It was that was an absolute embarrassment. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, and I don't want to take anything away from, from Michigan. Like, they played well. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, it was a 20 what was it 22 points yeah 45 23 <sighs> there were so many stupid penalties mm-hmm. hey don't headbutt one. somebody at the end of the play like who does that right right there was no self control no discipline that kind of stuff drives me nuts mhm anyway still waiting to see if CJ Stroud has the is going to develop the it factor is my thing He's he's lost two games as a starter. Dude, out of how many? Both. And I don't want to hear, and I don't want, whoa. You guys hear that? Both against Michigan. You you waited a long time to, to throw that in there. Like, that was your point. 
I'm I'm almost I'm, you know what? And I will I will I will say this. I didn't look that up. He may have one other loss, but I don't think so. I think he's lost two games, and I know for a fact we've lost to Ohio, to Michigan the last two years. So the thing is, is that like out of like ten games, maybe you know what I mean? Out of ten, because he could play awful against Rutgers, and they're still going to win. I always use Rutgers, by the way. Have you noticed yeah, you that? Do. I always use Rutgers. I don't know why that's the team that I decided to pick on. His, I'm, I'm telling you, though, dude, his accuracy is pinpoint. It, it, I don't care about his talent. He's at, he's hugely talented. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But the it when factor it is different. It's not even that. Like It's not even like, oh, he's not accurate when it matters. That's not it, because sometimes he is. The it factor is the thing that you can't explain. The thing where you just gave Josh Allen 30 seconds and somehow he does it. The thing where everybody said Josh Allen was hurt this week, but he threw one 117 miles an hour down the middle of the field at the end of the game, which made me say, stop talking about him being hurt. He's not hurt. Yeah. But even if he is, there's just something that those guys have that they just do something to do just a little more than you thought mm-hmm. they could possibly do. And he is who he is, man. I, I I never see that. I never see that next level thing. Every single, even the guys with the next level thing will have a day where it won't work and they'll fall apart. That's always going to happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. But the real good ones also have the games where they do something you didn't think that they were possible, like that they that they were able to do. Mm-hmm. I don't see that from him. And unfortunately, sometimes when you don't see that from him at the college level means maybe they're, maybe they're not a, an NFL guy. <laughs> I have no idea. Like, yeah. Because at the college level, you know, you, you should be – I mean, I guess he most of the time does dominate though. Yeah. But you got – I mean, if you can't win that game, more than half of that team is not going to play the, – the Michigan team, they're not going to play in the NFL. So imagine the half of the half of that defense, except double them because everyone on that team and an NFL team is as good as half of that defense, at least. Mm-hmm. So now he, he'll get better too. And I don't know why we're talking about his draft stock. I don't know why I'm I went down that path. I'm just saying. I guess I'm just still kind of like I don't even get into it that much, to be honest with you. But I always say if I'm gonna watch one game which I watch more than one, but if I'm going to watch one game, it's going to be this one. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I won't, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do get into it big, but <clears throat> I'll be honest. We got beat, and there's no excuses gonna, you're going to hear come out of my mouth because that's not me. I don't make excuses for can't control. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, but, certainly. But, you know, it's just, it is what it is. The I will, I won't even... Dude, that day they were better than us. They were yeah. disciplined. They they executed what their uh yeah, scout, the, you know, they they executed their plan. They they beat us. The running teams, I I you know, I I'm a fan of running and defense, you know what I mean, just in general in football. And mm-hmm. the running teams, they'll take 3, 4 yards, 3, 4 yards, 3, 4 yards because they know that eventually that means the big one's coming. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's just the way it goes. You wear a team down, but but that running back was one guy like one guy left to beat at least four times before those two runs. So you knew it was only a matter of time that that one guy left to beat 
wasn't going to get him. And all he had to do was get by one guy. And I can't believe it happened twice in a row, but. Right. Yeah, I mean, just a wild game. Uh, I'd like to hear from any of you guys if if there was a a game that you watched that was wild. I know I saw a lot of the games were not even close. Mm -hmm. Like, really expected to see more of, of that. And that was a better game. I mean, they ran away with it at the end, and it was still like a dramatic game and, you know, all that stuff. But I saw Clemson lost their game. That's big time. Some crazy ones. Anyway, enough about football. We don't care about that. This is baseball season. Oh, well, (laughs) obviously. But no, some big things happened here. So hopefully uh, everybody who fast-forwarded gets caught up right here because the Pirates are just getting first basements all over the place. We didn't have any last week. We played like 17 guys there. So they're like, well, let's do that again, except, you know, maybe with better players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was kind of, not that I was upset about it, but, you know, I was kind of thrown off with the late, with the last one there. I was like, well, we got our two guys that we're going to run with. Boom, there's a third one. Yeah. So let's do them in chronological order a little bit, claiming uh, Lewin Diaz from Miami. And this one was kind of a little bit of a, okay. This is like a, you know, it's a waiver claim. Somebody's available right now, and you you got Choi, and it's like, yeah, but he's left-handed. So is Choi. I don't know if this is like, we'll see how he fits. We'll see how, you know, we'll see how he mm-hmm. does. He's at least a very good defender. He's only going to be 26 years old, or just turned 26, I think. So he'll be 26 next year. So like, yeah, there could be something still to figure out here. But... You know, I wasn't sure that they were like, those are our two guys. But he was going to get a shot. And then, happy Thanksgiving, (laughs) news rolls in. Carlos Santana. And this is like not, I mean, it's 6.7 million. Yeah. Let's go. Not even a Black Friday deal. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But $6.7 million for a one-year deal for Carlos Santana. And what you have now is essentially two. I mean, choice getting more than five, probably, right? In arbitration. Probably, yeah. So I would imagine mm-hmm. something like that will happen. And you're looking at like a lot of money go into a position that was just awful. And we could go back, dude. First base has been a struggle for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, a long time. I would go back yeah. to really Josh Bell was where you could say like, yeah, okay, we know we know who our guy is. But even he was a terrible first baseman. Yeah. And then Colin Moran moved in and it was like, I mean, we have a first baseman, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but at least, it, I mean, but there were other holes, right? So at least we were like, yeah. okay, well, we got somebody there. But then last year it was like, we don't have, I mean, some people thought we had Yoshi there, but I told you last year we didn't. Like, I told you he was going to be awful. Yeah. And nobody listened to me. They actually gave him real money. Anyway, these ones look better. Yeah, they do. They can handle they themselves defensively. And there's upside on the offensive side. And so here we go. I mean, this is what we're, you know, this is where we are. Other than the fact that you were surprised, what do you think? This is a 37-year-old Carlos Santana. Yeah, I get that. And 
still throughout his career. I mean, the dude's been an on-base machine. Uh, he doesn't swing and miss a ton. You know, he doesn't strike out often, and I, which I think is huge for our team as a whole. Mm-hmm. We we strike out way too much, and I don't know. I don't know how much of it goes into, hey, this guy doesn't strike out that much. Maybe he'll help Sawinski not strike out so much. Yeah. I'm sure there's a little bit of it, but, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, is, is he going to want to come in and just help a bunch of kids? I don't know. Yes. I mean, in a way, like he has a reputation. Like they talked about it yeah. in, in Seattle about him coming in and how the culture completely changed. But yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and, and then you, you, we finally get some people in here who are going to play the position on the on the flip side, not just with the stick. But man, I, I I'm I'm happy with it, I, you know. And my original thought was because you know my buddy Vince sends me a text, we got Slam Tana, <laughs> you know, and I <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I just don't understand what the Pirates are doing right now. Like I don't understand. That was my initial thought. Yeah. Like what are we doing? Like you're not even. You're addressing one need and you're overkilling it. Was my thought. I mean, a, he came in and said, it. "We're going to fix first base." Yeah, and, and the more I just looked into it, and the more every, everything started coming in, and mom's trying to call me right now. Hi, mom. I'll call you back later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the more I looked into it, the more this is a this, this is a good deal, and and I think. A lot of people are saying like way overpaid and all this. This is like one of the lowest he's made since his rookie contract. Mm. Like this dude was making $20 million a couple years ago. Yeah. He's making, he's taking a pay cut at this point. Yeah. It's like we understand. And he, he understands that he's, he's going to, no matter where he went. Hey, he made $10 million last year. So I don't think we overpaid for him at all. And the, the, what he's going to do for the clubhouse is going to be great. What we have Not to realize, just on the field, but off the field, right? And what we have to realize, as far as the pay goes, since you want to go down that way, is you can't use anything that the Pirates have done as a baseline for that, because we don't pay people what right. we should. So you can't start with that with like, oh, well, that's what what do trade rumors say? That's the most they've guaranteed a free agent since Daniel Hudson. Two years, eleven million, I think is what it is. And it's yeah, and it's like, dude, you can't, you can't look at that statement, and they're just they're just saying what it is, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't look at that statement and say, yeah, I don't, I don't think that this is the guy we want to go down that road with. And it's like we're not really going down that road with anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I I, I'm not, I'm just, I don't see that as far as the money. I, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair amount of money. Yeah. We talked about this. Key Brian Hayes last year or this year will make $10 million. Like that's a fair amount of money, even without the offense. Mm-hmm. It's just, the. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You know <laughs> what I mean? Most guys make, most players make between 10 and 20, period. Mm-hmm. They do. So if you're under 10, then you, you really aren't over. I don't care what they are. It's like, yeah, we might be overpaying. Here's what I'll say. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. No such thing as a bad one year deal. The deal for Yoshi wasn't really bad. He played bad. He was always going to play bad, but like 4 million is 4 million. It's like, who cares? That's like 
year two of arbitration for most people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not, yeah. it's not like we paid a lot for him. So if you swallow 4 million, dude, cut. The, that's why I kept saying release him. It's not like you paid 15 million for him and you're going to owe him that money. Like who cares? I'd rather yeah. pay him $4 million to not play. <laughs> so 6.7 really isn't a ton of money. I think no, it's I, a I, fair I amount of money. Mm-hmm. But also, there is a there, just like there was for G Man Choi, there's a big split of guys who are very excited about it and guys who are like very upset about it. Oh, he's an old man at this point. Jake, how you feeling right now, by the way? You feeling all right? Because you're the same age as him. <laughs> yeah. That's like somebody told me the other day, they were like, yeah, but he's ancient. And I'm like, I mean, I feel pretty good and he's younger than me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I could go play Major League Baseball right now, but there's a lot more reasons than how I feel <laughs> of why I'm not going to. And also he has been playing, which means he's still he's still working out quite a bit. I think yeah. the guy's fine. Yeah, I think he's fine. I understand that 37 is old. But like it's not like the guy's gonna be going up to bat using the bat to get up to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you can start saying that about the guys who are 42. And Verlander's about to get a huge contract and he's 40. Not it's not for everybody. I get it. But this guy's right. probably got one or two more years in him where he can be a beneficial and valuable player. And I use those words because I, I'm not sure that he's going to be a productive player. <laughs> he could, and he will yeah. produce in ways. But he's certainly not going to hit you 34 homers like he's done in the past. He's not going to hit 300 like he's done in the past. He's not, you know what I mean? He's going to get on base. He's going to have pop, but... I think there's some other things that are important in there. And one of those is we've talked about this for the last three weeks now. And at first it came up with G-Man Choi and um, Ji-Hwan Bae. The fact that they're both from South Korea. And then we wondered about Hoi Park. We'll get to that later. And then we see Diaz come in, Lewin Diaz and Carlos Santana, both from the Dominican Republic. Guess what? Uh, what do we got? O'Neill Cruz, uh, Rodolfo Castro, Roanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz. I have them written right here, and I'm trying to come up with them. Uh, Andy Rodriguez, Andujar, Yeri De Los Santos, Johan Ramirez, Dowry Moretta that we just got is from the Dominican, and Leover Peguero. The big ones being Cruz, Castro, Roanzi, Ortiz, and Andujar on, that we know are going to be there. At least we think, you know, Luis Ortiz Mm -hmm. is going to be there. We at least know he'll be there. And Yari De Los Santos as well. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Andujar, how Sherrington said Andujar was important to the team because he was Dominican, right? Because of that, because of that dynamic. Now you bring in not just uh, an older player who's Dominican, but like an actual proven major league baseball player who has been an all-star, you know what I mean? He's won a silver slugger. I'm actually surprised he's only been to one all-star game. Yeah. Like yeah, he's I been a, too. he's been a good player for, Long you know, time. for a bulk of years. I was surprised to see there was only one all-star in there, mm-hmm. but, but there's a sneaky one in there too. Andy Rodriguez, Carlos Santana came up as a catcher and then shifted 
which we've already seen Andy Rodriguez play other positions as well. Mm-hmm. And you know that there are guys who their position is their position. And it's hard to not do that, especially if it's catcher or shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that brings you to the other one. You know what I mean? But that leadership, I think, is going to go a long, long way specifically for that list of names that I just read. Yeah. If Roberto Perez comes back, he played with him before. Mm-hmm. Right? So you also have that. But I, I just think that that's, uh, I think that that's really important. And, you know, I've, I've talked about that bef- on numerous occasions on how I do think those sort of things are important. And, I mean, we saw that Polanco and Marte and the way that they were, you know, they seemingly were best friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And things like that. Um, but I think this is huge even just for that. So when Choi was signed... Just moving on down the list of all the things that we can say about this. Sure. When when Choi signed, he was uh, he was the only thirty year old currently on the roster. But I, you know, Robert Stevenson is on that list. He will be thirty when spring training starts. One guy, you bring in Choi. So now you have a couple. Mm-hmm. This is important. Likewise, we talked about leadership. And, you know, the question, a little, there was a little, some questions about Newman being gone. Did we lose some leadership there? I, that's done for me now. Yeah. I think that we've established uh, some better options there. We have a guy who, we have two guys now who are coming in who played on good teams in the last three to five years. Who brought in two guys that have playoff World Series experience. Yeah. And like I said, not that we're not that we're charging for the playoffs this year. That's right. But still, let's make sure that's clear that we're not we're not calling for the Pirates now to make the postseason just because <laughs> they signed Carlos Santana. Right. But this is the type of guy. Uh, we'll get into that. I'm not going to say what I was just going to say. Yeah. Um, compared to last year, this is the big thing. When you look at the first base position now. And by the way, Carlos Santana, if we were worried about G uh, Man Choi against lefties, Carlos Santana will handle first base against lefties. He's much better mm-hmm. against um, much better against uh, against lefties. And and for those of you who are uh, watching on YouTube, there's some of the stats there. I could have had that up a long time ago, but I didn't. Um, but like ten players played any part of a game at first base last year. And then overall, not just as they played first, but overall, all but Vogelback and Gamel, which Gamel played very little. What was it, like two games? Um, all of them but those two guys had a negative war. The lowest of those being, of course, Yoshi at negative 1.7. Keep going. Like he was just digging a hole and they just allowed him to do it. <laughs> but Santana and Choi both were at a 1.2 war last year. So you're improving a position that Sherrington said we need to fix first base. And we talked Mm -hmm. about how bad the catching position was last year. And yet he said first base was broken. And the reason I agree with that catcher was a little bit of, um, a little bit of circumstantial right now. 
Not that we didn't tell him that it was going to be. You can't just sign Roberto Perez when the guy gets hurt every year, right? You said that. Like, you need to sign somebody else. Mm -hmm. And he didn't, and then Roberto Perez got hurt, and then we had nothing to turn to, and we started just... The thing was, is when he went down, there was nobody available. Right. Like, you were a little bit of a victim of circumstance in that situation. Prior to the season starting, though, you may have been able to get something Mm -hmm. other than what you had. And... That's where, you know, that's where you fell short. But when it was all said and done, there, you know, first base was a broken position, and and maybe more so than catcher because of that. Catcher, yeah, you don't you, expect a lot look, of offensive production. You do at first base. Yeah, and if you look deeper into the organization too, he might have been saying first base as an organization is broke because you know we got catching prospects on the way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Mason Martin has not been getting it done. Has not been able to push himself over the edge to get called up. He's not on the radar anymore unless he plays mm-hmm. himself back onto it. Yeah. He really, I mean, really, I think he, you know, he's gonna be there. They're not gonna mm-hmm. just you know, throw it out. They're gonna let him, you know, work his or, you know, try to prove it. But without him actually proving it, he's he can't be considered. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Organizationally, it, it's it's on down. I mean, you talk about you know possibly Malcolm Nunez. He's still young, mm-hmm. and he still has you know still has something to prove there defensively for sure. If if that's what if that's what ends up going, Hope, hopefully he's still there after the Rule Five draft. Sure. But. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, you know when that when the Rule Five draft comes, I. Uh, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we don't need to. But <laughs> right now, I just you know I'm trying yep, to stay yep, on right here. Yep, yep. You know me. I almost I almost went. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do like this Carlos Santana signing overall. I do like it. Mm-hmm. I think this one, if this was the Choi one, I would have been like, all right, I'm good. Even though after Choi, we said, yeah, you'd kind of like to have a right hander too. <laughs> But with with Carlos Santana, I think I would have been okay. I don't think that these numbers are go like are great. You know what I mean? I don't think that a two hundred two average is the answer. I think it can get better. We've talked about with everyone, but mostly let's talk about the numbers that we saw against Choi, with and without the shift. And there's reason to believe Choi will improve on those mm-hmm. numbers when the shift is now limited. And we say limited, like not that they can only use it sometimes. They basically just can't use it. Now, the shortstop's going to be still close to second. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to just be able to get a base hit up the middle quite yet. You know, the shortstops will range. But the second baseman's not going to be in shallow right. right field. Right. A base hit through first and second is still going to be a base hit through first and second. Or is now going to be again a base yeah. hit through first and second. Unless you're mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz, it's hard to get that hit. And I say that because we saw him hit at 112. It will go th- between the two still. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, th- you know, that's not something. Now, Carlos Santana, all his exit velocity numbers and everything look good too. I mean, he's not like hitting amazing, ex- like uh, max exit velo, but his normal mm-hmm. uh, exit velocity. Carlos Santana on the flip side, or not flip side, but on the same side, 
he is the most shifted player. Shifted, how do you say that? Most shifted against player. It was like 98%. And then you and I were just trying to look it up. And I don't know if this is right because it didn't seem like that could be right. But it does look like Carlos Santana, batting left-handed last year, had one plate appearance where the shift wasn't on. <laughs> one Same. plate appearance. That is... So, yeah, I don't I don't know how you get to 98 point something percent. And I guess some of that probably counts when he's hitting right-handed is to right-handed too, which I yeah, think there was like, what, 33? Yeah, 30 something. Still only 33 plate appearances from the right side where there was no shift. And he hit well on those. Yeah, he he's did. over 300. I mean, yeah, right-handed, he will be a better hitter. Um, the home run numbers look better left-handed, but sometimes I wonder if that's just because you get more at-bats left-handed, you get more chances, and like you kind of get into a groove where right-handed sometimes you don't. Yeah, I mean, some people just naturally have more power from one side than they do the other. Yeah, and they trade that for average on the other side mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I agree with that. But, yeah. So I think that... Um, I think that this is a little bit forward looking and we, and we talked about this at the end of the year and we weren't, we weren't the only ones. I'm not saying it's just us, but we talked that we, there were conversations about this. Um, and there were people asking Sherrington, Hey, do you think about players that, you know, are maybe heavily shifted as being players that you see that may perform better next year because of it, because the shift mm -hmm. is gone. And of course he gave us a GM answer that, essentially said, of course, we're always looking for players who are good, period. So, mm -hmm. okay, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, what he's saying is, yes, and we'll be looking for good players who aren't that. Like, it's not, you know I mean? We're not just going to, like, act like we know more than people. Everybody's right. looking at that right now. You know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. you, Joey Gallo, when people, when, when his agents are going to teams, they're saying you're going to look for a better season from him because they're stopping this nonsense. I'm sure how his agents are talking. <laughs> yeah. How can you not? But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good thing. I do think that these numbers for both of these first basemen will go up. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, any speculation on who gets sent down? So this is pending a physical right? This is pending a physical. When the physical passes and all the deal happens there, then you will, uh, you'll have a, a corresponding roster move to make room for him. Um, so we, we have a full 40 man roster. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at guys like Max Kranick, Nick Mears. Can I, can I just say Zach Thompson, Bryce Wilson, <laughs> they should be on that list. Miguel Yohore. Um, it's it's clear to me that that we've talked about uh, Underwood and Stevenson. They're sticking around, right? I mean, at least for now. I think there are other guys. If they didn't if they didn't cut ties with them at the at the non tender, you know, they offered them arbitrary or they tendered them a contract anyway. So I would imagine you know they're at least sticking around for a while, unless there's you know maybe we see a starting pitcher or a big relief pitcher maybe then, but for yeah. now. Uh, maybe, you know, I don't know, Ryan Vallade. I mean, we talked about, 
this list of guys who are uh, who we just claimed. That doesn't mean that we can't just not, you know, maybe even Lewin Diaz. If that's what they think he is, right? If that's what they, if they think, well, we we got him because it was opportunistic, and just in case something else doesn't work, but now that this might work, maybe we try to pass him through and and maybe hope to keep him, but maybe, you know, same thing with Valade and same thing that we did with yeah. Bo Solser, and he didn't, and we, you know, and he did pass through, but then he signed in Korea, which that's I guess news this week. He signed in Korea, and um, and we released him so that he could sign there. Mm-hmm. Or Junior Fernandez last year, who we, I mean, but he actually played. Um, but anyway, those are some names. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I like, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be one of the pitchers. Um, although I wouldn't mind seeing like Zach Thompson. I wouldn't mind seeing some of like, some guys like that. Whatever. See ya. Um, but I think it's Ryan Valade. I think, I think Ryan Valade, like, I think okay. he would be the odd man out. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I think that would be fine. Uh, you know, I wonder too, sometimes I think Max Kranick maybe is on that list, you know, coming off the injury and everything. I think he could be on a, on a quick list. There's a lot of pitchers and we still have pitchers to sign. So really doesn't matter what order you do it in. Right. We also have a lot of outfielders. So, you know. You only get forty, but I think all those guys are are possibly there. Yeah, but you're um, looking at you're looking at the outfielders, and Blade's the only one you would you could think of to take off that roster. Yeah, un- yeah, unless it's a trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and really, they put Tucapita Marcano on there, but he's, I guess, he's just as much an outfielder as he's an infielder right now. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a spot at second either. But I could see him playing his way into more time at second before I could see him playing his way into more time in the outfield. Yeah. That's just, you know what I mean? I could just see that. But, yeah. I mean, there, there's guys there. Okay, so the last thing I have here is Robert Stevenson is currently number 41. And Carlos Santana has only worn number 41 in the majors. I would venture to say Stevenson gives that number up. I would imagine <laughs> if and if he's not willing to give it up, he's the one that gets DFA. <laughs> <laughs> and and who's uh, who's number forty one? Who do you think of first for the Pirates? Is if you think number forty one, didn't Domit wear forty one? Yeah, Domit. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Domit. That is great. All right. Well, we have. Um, we have some more to kind of go over here, and there was something that I I started to say and I decided not to, but that's because we're getting into it now. So when we come back, let's talk about the idea of why are you bringing in these older players for one-year deals anyway, and what does that even do? And so let's kind of, let's kind of do that, but let's get a break in here first and uh, get some more to drink and then go down that path. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow us on the socials and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take a couple minutes for a review. We'll be right back. 
And we're back here on the Bridge to Booktober podcast. Um, we're going to get into this waiver claim, sign old guys type conversation. But first, we failed to mention that Hoy Park was the one DFA'd for Lewin Diaz, and he was actually traded for a baseball player. Not cash, not nothing, not even claimed, but the Boston Red Sox were actually willing to give up someone for Hoy Park, claiming defensive versatility, to which I was like, well, he's terrible on defense, so what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, he he plays a bunch of positions because they were like, uh, Hoy, go. I got to put him in somehow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I like how we did get in return. Sorry. You know, I'm a kind of, I, I like pitchers. No, you're fine. 18, Go ahead. You say this. I'm, kid. I'm excited. If it was a 45 year old kid, I would be excited that we got somebody back, but go ahead. 18 year old kid. The, the, like, I know, you know, you don't know what 18 year olds going to turn out like, but a big thing for me is, that I saw is strikeout to walk ratio was insane. It was like 28 to two in 22 innings or something like that. So, I mean, dude throws strikes, and that's something at 18 years old, it's good to already be locating. Yeah, we got him in a trade for Hoy Park. I'm excited he has both arms. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, all right, that's enough. It's probably unfair to Hoy Park. I'm sure he's a way better baseball player than I ever was. So... <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh, good job so both of these players Choi and Santana play the same position that's understandable to be okay what are we doing here right we do have a DH now that's important but also both of them over 30, I mean, specifically talking Santana, both of them though are a one year deal parks in his last year of arbitration. There's, I mean, it's not a thing where the pirates are gonna be like, Oh, we got him now. Let's extend him. Like they're just going to let this thing ride. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And you know, you question, you, you question what's the purpose of this. And I'm here saying like, no, this is what you want. And, you know, I had somebody say it's nothing more than a placeholder. Yes. But in 2022, the thing that we were missing and the thing that we were crying, we knew we weren't ready to compete. But what we were crying out for was a placeholder, not Anthony Alford, not Greg Allen, but an actual placeholder, an actual major league baseball, much like Quintana. I don't care about those last few months. If you give me a guy, Ben Gamble was the same thing. He was just an extra year. He was a two-year placeholder. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Daniel Vogelback was that. But Choi and Santana, yes, they could be moved at that time. And that, you know, that's a likely thing. But they'll spend more time here than they will not here. And for especially, I can't, I can't, man, I can't stress enough what Santana could do for some of those young Dominican players. I just cannot, um, really any, really any of the young Latin players in general, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we've got, um, you know, is Marcano, he's, he's Venezuelan, right? 
Am I? Why would I think that? Maybe he's not. He is. Yeah, he's Venezuelan. And so we got him. We got Diego Castillo, who's from Venezuela. Like, let's not pretend that he's not also going to be help. The I mean, they're still. You know what I mean? They they speak the same language. I know that some of these guys also can speak English, but um, but it means a lot to them. It makes them mm -hmm. you know feel a little more closer to home when they've got a lot of of um, similarities with these guys, and it it does go far. It's not to be something that's, you know, spoken lightly of. But up to this point, and man, the outfield has been a big one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is what we're still saying. Like, there's still a lot of us Pirate fans saying, okay, you've got first base, obviously catcher. But also we're saying we'd like an outfielder. I think Sherrington believes that, that Andujar is that outfielder. And so I don't think that you're going to get another one. I think that, that he thinks that that is the guy. And so, but it's the idea that like, and, and really Andujar is a waiver claim, mm -hmm. but you look down this list, Kai, Tom, Fowler, Alfred, Troy Stokes, Greg Allen. And then, you know, infielders playing the outfield is another thing. Even if they're good in the infield, you still got guys playing the out. And then the guys who like Cole Tucker, you know what I mean? Which not guys you brought in, but maybe kind of messed with because you started throwing them all over the place. Yeah. But first base has been a lot of the same thing with Yoshi and Nagowski, Evans, Eric Gonzalez, Michael Chavis, Josh Van Meter, Zach Collins, Yu Chang. Guys playing out of position or guys just coming in to do what? Padlow. What? Who? coach jake thinks kevin padlow already looks like a coach at 26 years old so that's where that comes from <laughs> but this is acquiring a player who at least is an average major league player mm -hmm. and he's going to play in pittsburgh you can allow your development happen somewhere else but give give the the pirates a player who can play baseball at that level, like I said, even if he's league average, we understand that if if you get, you know, you get a bunch of a bunch of league average guys, you're not going to lose 100 games. Right. You know what I mean? You're just not. Mm -hmm. Even though if they're all league average, they're not going to lose 100 games. I don't know that you'll be 500, you know what I mean? But No, but <laughs> you know what I mean, be, but yeah, you'll you still might lose 92 games, but that's not 100. <laughs> and maybe it's better than that. I don't know. But the thing is, is it's not about blocking at bats. I mean, first base for one thing. You've already said this. There's not something somebody right there. Right. But in the past, we could have used players like this on these one-year deals to play a corner outfield, to play first base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I think that these types of trades, or these types of... Uh, acquisitions, whether it's via trade or signing a free agent, I think it is beneficial. And even if it sure. is just a placeholder, it's at least a better product for the fans to watch. Mm -hmm. It's it's better for development to continue to happen where development should be happening. There are guys, O'Neill Cruz being one of them, who really just needs to develop here in Pittsburgh now. Mm -hmm. But there are guys, and and... I mean, 
despite the fact that Jack Sawinski put up some power numbers, maybe he's still a guy that would have benefited with some more time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we brought him straight from double A. Right. So I, I think that this is one of the things that in the past has been avoided. And now maybe this changes things a little bit. Maybe I say, hey, Ben Sherrington came into the offseason and said, first and foremost, which we thought catching has to be the number one priority. <laughs> and then it's got to be first base because both these things are bad. You know, we said that. Mm -hmm. And Ben Sherrington came out and said, we got to fix first base. Then we can move on to other things. And I was like, okay, like both of them need fixed, but you really should pay attention to catcher as well. What I thought from that was, oh, maybe he thinks he's got Roberto Perez. But here we are. We don't have Roberto Perez yet. We don't have anyone yet. <laughs> And yeah. he made a serious attempt to fix a broken position in first base. And he's turned it into like two actually better than league average first basemen. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll get that out of both of them because now what we doubted in G-Man Choi was how he was going to handle left-handed pitching. Well, now he doesn't have to here either. Right. Yeah, and... and when you look at Santana's numbers, he's better against lefties than he is righties. So I think it's going to work out. But even though I, I'm with you, I, I think Santana will DH when he's not playing first. And Choi will not. And Choi will not. I, I agree with that. I think that there's going to be – I think Santana stays in the lineup most days. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's going to be the highest paid uh, – well, I guess not because of key, but – He's going to play. But then again, I mean, Choi's not, like I said, Choi's not going to be making, he's still going to be making more than $5 million. And they played Yoshi when he was making four. So, <laughs> no, I, I, I do think, though, I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see Santana in the lineup. I think he, he helps your lineup tremendously. Mm -hmm. And he probably right. hits like four or five. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that this takes Key Brian out of that middle of the lineup options. It it could, it could. I just think I just I, I when you build a lineup, know. it's I just yeah. I, people are gonna have to step up mm -hmm. because I don't see Santana batting one, two, or three. No, I see him sitting around four or five, and I see Choi right around there. Mm -hmm. So somebody has to step up and take the leadoff position. Because I think Key Brian Hayes is your per prototypical two-hole hitter with Brian Reynolds batting three. Then yeah. you're going to have Cruz at four. Then you have Santana or Choi at five think and six. You're going to see a lot more. I think against right-handed hitting, I th or I'm sorry, right-handed pitching, I think you'll see a lot more Cruz leading off than you than you than you would want to admit. And and you know, it's going to go Cruz I could against righties. That. Yeah, I can, against I can righties. Probably handle that. It could go Cruz. Reynolds, Castro against righties, right? And then Santana, Choi, Hayes is hitting sixth in that. Sawinski, where else? What else? We we don't know who's catching. So <laughs> he's. I mean, this is way too early to build a lineup. No, but, but you know, but no, I mean, yeah. why not? We're here for it. Yeah. You know, so I just, Andujar, I think, we didn't even say Andujar in that. If he's in that lineup, if he's who's the three outfielders? If it's Jihuan Bay, maybe he's hitting leadoff. Now, now Cruz two and Reynolds three. 
you still have Hayes against righties hitting around sixth and maybe seventh now because if you just did that, now you've pushed Castro down behind. He probably hits fifth, Choi sixth, Hayes seventh. You're getting him out of the way. But against left-handed pitching, don't be surprised when Key Brian Hayes is batting leadoff. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. Yeah, I think that against left-handed hitters, I think he's still a top of the hitter, top of the lineup guy, especially in this lineup with as many left-handed hitters as we have. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I was actually, I, I started that conversation telling you I don't know that they get him out of there, but I think he does. I think he ends up around six. Now, there's still a commitment to him. I, I Maybe you don't see him hit lower than six, and I think I'd be okay with that. Because right now, he's the one with the contract. Mm-hmm. He's the face of the franchise. I know it's it's really Cruz, you know what I'm saying? But as far as your investment, Sherrington could... investment, he'd be batting two every day. Who? Key? Mm-hmm. Oh. He'd be my two hitter every day. Hmm. But you don't build lineups the way major league teams do anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we understand that. But I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely against the way they build lineups for the most part. Mm-hmm. I don't think Schwarber should ever be leading off. But you got a guy like George Springer let off for a while with all big power numbers. I don't mind that because the dude can run too. He's he's more than just a power. Yeah, he's gonna hit you a lot of home runs. And that's fine at a leadoff spot. I don't care. That's why I mean, I would be fine with Cruz batting leadoff because he's not going to clog the bases if he does get a single. My my thing about the leadoff guy, and this is also dated too, but and I understand that, but like I'd rather not see somebody that strikes out a lot. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not. I, yeah. I'd rather see somebody who puts the ball in play. Mm-hmm. But. I get it, but a lot of the guys who strikes out, who strike out, which I don't think Cruz is really necessarily one of them, but uh, make, but they see a lot of pitches, is what uh, people are actually like. Cruz is not there, but like Schwarber or Vogelback, you know, these guys that are very like anti leadoff, hitting leadoff, they're doing it because they force a starting pitcher to throw a lot of pitches right out of the gate, mm-hmm. and so I see that. I just, I just, you know, your National League leader in home runs, he was a leadoff hitter. And it wasn't just that he was Ricky Henderson. Right. You know what I mean? It was right. a guy who looked like a four hitter. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. But so now what? As we as we close out here, as we close out, now what? Are we on to starting pitching? Are we on to catcher? What's next? I mean, <laughs> yes. I'm on to catcher. I'm on to catcher. <laughs> You know what I am? I'm on to prioritize right now. And uh, catcher is important. I know that there's conversations with with Roberto Perez. I know that they want to know that he's healthy. Mm-hmm. So I know they're waiting on maybe some of that kind of thing. But I think that you you push into that conversation. You see what else is out there. I think at the same time, I think you've got to be on this pitching thing because pitchers are going to start dropping and you're going to miss your opportunity. And I've been on this. And I think this needs to happen, but Jose Quintana needs to be talked to sooner than later. And I think that's why I say priority because I think he's, I struggle with the word impact because I don't know. I don't, I can't really define an impact player for a team. Who's not, um, you know, trying to find their way to the postseason. 
An impact player who's trying to find their way to the postseason starts with production. All other things are beneficial. A team who's in that rebuilding year who's trying to maybe, let's just say that the, the team's goal is to, to win more games than they lose, right? And I'm not I'm not sitting here saying I think the Pirates will be over 500. But let's say, I mean, if you're not trying to at least win more games than you're losing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, make an effort here. So let's let's make a goal. And, you know, if we're trying to be a competitive team, continue to grow. And you're not trying to win at all costs. You're trying to develop at all costs. But along the way, if you're trying to compete at that level, I think a guy like Jose Quintana can make that sort of an impact while he makes the same sort of impact he made on last year's team. He was helpful Mm -hmm. to a lot of pitchers, young pitchers. And so I think that, I think Jose Quintana has to be a part of that priority. That has to be one of your next... I want to at least hear the rumors, like Quintana's talking to Sherrington. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Give me something. Let us know that there's conversations happening. And I want to hear yeah. that for Roberto Perez, too. I'm, I don't even think that Roberto Perez is the answer. I want two other catchers. But if, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I wouldn't mind Roberto Perez coming in as a backup. He was also mm-hmm. very helpful in those sort of intangible ways. The right. kind of things that are really good that don't show up on stat sheets, those are things that are actually impactful on a team like the Pirates going into this season, on a one-year deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I think these these things, when you talk about impact, I think that the things that we've talked about with Santana, that I've talked about with Santana, those are more of an impact to me than the numbers. I want to see the numbers too. Mm-hmm. But as far as on a Pirates team like this, I think Quintana needs to be at the same level. Not a starting pitcher needs to be at the same level. But Quintana specifically needs to be at the top of this list along with catcher. Yeah, we need to try to get him for a two-year deal too, I think. I think so too. I think if you try to get him to a two- or three-year deal, mm-hmm. uh, maybe that third year's a, a mutual option of some sort. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's a maybe it's one of those uh, – same thing I say with Perez. Um, I, and I always forget the wording. You know what I mean? Like – if he plays X amount of time or if he's available X amount of time, then a second year becomes uh, there. It, it's there. It's like a <laughs> – I can't believe I never think of this stuff. Conditional, you know what I'm saying? But like yeah. if he reaches this certain thing, that locks in year two. Mm-hmm. One of those kind of deals with both of those guys would be great. And for Quintana, I think it's um, it, it's not necessarily based on innings or availability. But it's maybe like, hey, if you can, maybe it is innings because I don't know. I can't tell you what else. You can't just say like, oh, if your ERA is this, you know what I'm saying? Usually it's like if you get this many strikeouts, you get a bonus. You know what I mean? But like I'm saying, let's get that, you know, that second year is if if you pitch 150 innings, you get another year. Mm -hmm. It's no longer an option for me anymore. I have to pay you in year two. But you still have that becomes a player option if you pitch 150 innings, you know yeah. what I mean. But anyway, that's what's next for me. Uh, I got one more thing. O'Neill Cruz hit a home run in his second game in the Dominican Winter League. If you guys have MLB TV, man, it's it's a riot to watch these games. I mean, you, it's it's all like it's Dominican TV. They're just showing it. You get all the commercials. 
you know what I mean? Their broadcast, mm -hmm. the whole thing. I mean, you got to know baseball to watch it because <laughs> they ain't going to tell you what's going on. I mean, they're telling you, but you don't know unless you're bilingual. And if so, come to my house and watch a game with me because I'd like to hear what they're saying sometimes. But <laughs> I guess I haven't even tried like closed captioning or anything. I don't even know if it's available. I didn't even try it. I just thought of it. We just talked about this before. I didn't even think about it. I don't know. <laughs> let me know how that works. Yeah, I'll let you know how that works. What is this? What do I got here? I got music to play? Maybe? I do. Cool. You got anything else? I don't. I mean, let's let's go. Let's see where this offseason continues to take us. I, I'm I'm just pleased at this point. Like I'm not like mm -hmm. saying, wow, this has totally changed. Now we're gonna win 80 right. games, 85 games. Like I'm that's fine. But I think the things that are happening are like he set out and said, we're going to do them. And he's doing them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, I guess you could kind of say prior to this, we haven't seen that. <laughs> yeah. Let's go Bucks. Yep, let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>